Welcome, everyone, and thank you for accepting our invitation and joining us today for this Bible study and reflection on July 13, 2022. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most merciful God, we thank you for your word that both convicts as well as comforts. And we ask that you would allow your Holy Spirit to work in us and through us as we take up our cross to follow your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Before we get into today's study and reflection, I'd like to give you a brief update on my friend Joe, who is hiking the Appalachian Trail from Virginia to Maine. Since he started, he has hiked over 600 miles and has had many adventures, including a fall off the side of a mountain and a week in the hospital. He has helped many people along the trail, and he has been helped by many people as well. Hopefully he and his sister will write a book someday and tell of his adventures. This has been a lifelong goal of Joe's, and I would invite you to pray for his safe passage all the way to Maine. He is also doing this hike as a fundraiser for Transitions Homeless Center here in Columbia. The donations started off well, but have tapered off recently. It would be a huge boost to Joe and his resolve if you would consider making a donation. Donations are being channeled through our church, St. Paul's Lutheran here in Columbia, 1715 Bull Street, 29201. But if you would like to make a donation directly to me via Venmo, I will be happy to pass 100% along to our church, and at the conclusion of his journey, 100% of all donations received will be given to transitions. Thank you very much, and please keep Joe in your prayers. If you would like to follow his journey on Facebook, the name of his page is A Trail to Transition. Back in 1970, I was fresh out of high school. I went to work for a construction company here in town titled McCrory Sumwalt. I went to work as a laborer, and at the time they were building the new Kmart in Dentsville on the corner of Two Notch and Park Lane. My first day on the job, I met two gentlemen there, older gentlemen. One was named Arthur and one was Buford. I was working on the crew with them. We were stripping forms off of a recently poured reinforced concrete wall. Part of the work included pulling nails out of the form boards. I was working fast and furious, trying to impress the foreman of the job site. We took a lunch break, and I sat down, opened my bag lunch, and I was eating with my two new friends, Arthur and Buford. About halfway through the 30-minute lunch break, the gentleman named Arthur looked at me and said, You're making us look bad because you're working a lot faster than we are, and we would really appreciate it if you would slow down. I was a little shocked, but I asked them if they had any suggestions as to how I could make them look better. That's when Buford pipe, piped up, and he said, I've got a suggestion. He said, I've seen this work well for others. What you do is you pick up a board, 
put it on your shoulder and carry it from one side of the job site to the other every hour or so. And it makes it look like you're doing something, whether you are or not. And at the same time, you're not making us look bad by outworking us. Well, I was being presented with a way to be deceitful and at the same time to help myself as well as help them. So when I took up that piece of lumber and threw it on my shoulder and carried it from one side of the job site to the other, who was I serving? That would not ultimately benefit my employer for sure. I certainly don't think this is what Jesus meant when he said, you will need to take up your cross and follow me. As C.S. Lewis once said, and I paraphrase, Jesus wants his followers to not think less of themselves, but just think of themselves less and concentrate on the needs of others. In the early 70s, I was a civil engineering student at Midlands Tech here in Columbia. In one of my psychology classes there, there was a young man named Owen Fong. One day he posed a question to our entire class. Here's what he asked, quote, When you do a good deed for someone, are you really doing it for them, or are you doing it to make yourself look better? End quote. The question still haunts me today, but I'm glad he asked that question because quite often I can still hear him whispering that question in my ear at the appropriate time. Today we're going to explore a little bit about what it means when the disciple, Jesus asked his disciples to take up their cross and follow him. In our first reading from Luke, Jesus had been speaking with his disciples and others in the crowd and asked them, all of them, who do people think I am and who do you think I am? This is where Peter declared that Jesus was God's Messiah. Jesus continues talking and begins to explain what discipleship would look like. In our first reading, Jesus mentions taking up your cross. This meant no less than being willing to die in defense of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's our first reading from Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. Then Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Now also in the book of Matthew, we find the same story, but Matthew includes Peter's conversation with Jesus after Jesus proclaimed that he would have to die soon. This is Matthew's account from chapter 16, verses 23, excuse me, 22 through 27. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Now Mark had an account also, and his story is very similar to that found in Matthew and Luke. Mark's also includes the rebuke of Peter. But what is common to all three is that Jesus clearly says, To be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. What Jesus expected from his followers was faith in him and faithfulness to him. There was a story that was told by Elizabeth Elliot, a Christian author and speaker, in her book titled, These Strange Ashes. It's a story about Jesus and his disciples, and it goes like this. But before I share the story with you, don't look for this story in the Bible because it's not there. It definitely has meaning and application, and I'm using it to illustrate a point that ties in with our study today, but it's not in the Bible. It goes like this. One day Jesus said to his disciples, I'd like you to carry a stone for me. He didn't give any explanation, so the disciples looked around for a stone to carry, and Peter, being the practical sort, sought out the smallest stone he could possibly find. After all, Jesus didn't give any regulation for weight or size, so he put it in his pocket. Jesus then said, follow me. He led them on a journey. About noontime, Jesus had everyone sit down. He waved his hands and all the stones turned to bread. He said, now it's time for lunch. In a few seconds, Peter's lunch was over. When lunch was done, Jesus told them to stand up. He said again, I'd like you to carry a stone for me. This time, Peter said, aha, now I get it. So he looked around and saw a small boulder. He hoisted it on his back, and it was painful. It made him stagger, but he said, I can't wait for supper. Jesus then said, follow me. He led them on a journey, with Peter barely being able to keep up. Around supper time, Jesus led them to the side of a river. He said, now everyone throw your stones into the water. They did. Then he said, follow me and begin to walk. Peter and the others looked at him dumbfounded. Jesus sighed and said, oh, Don't you remember what I asked you to do? Who were you carrying the stone for? Wow. In this short but powerful story, Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to carry a stone for me. Remember, he did not say, Pick the size of the stone that you think is going to work out best for you. One more short illustration of whether taking up your cross benefits you or someone else. There was a story once told by Charles Spurgeon, and it was told about a king, a farmer, and a nobleman. And it goes like this. Once upon a time, there was a king who ruled over everything in the land. One day, there was a gardener or farmer who grew an enormous carrot. He took it to his king and said, My lord, 
This is the greatest carrot I've ever grown or ever will grow. Therefore, I want to present it to you as a token of my love and respect for you. The king was touched and discerned the man's heart. So as he turned to go, the king said, Wait, you are clearly a good steward of the earth. I want to give you a plot of land to you freely as a gift so you can garden it all. The gardener was amazed and delighted and went home rejoicing. But there was a nobleman at the king's court who overheard all this, and he said, My, if that is what you get for a carrot, what if you give the king something better? The next day the nobleman came before the king, and he was leading a handsome black stallion. He bowed low and said, My lord, I breed horses. This is the greatest horse I've ever bred or ever will. Therefore, I want to present it to you as a token of my love and respect for you. But the king discerned his heart and said, Thank you, and took the horse and simply dismissed him. The nobleman was perplexed, so the king said, Let me explain. That gardener or farmer was giving me the carrot, but you are giving yourself the horse. Mm. How often do you and I approach God presenting to him our good deeds with the self-serving heart of the nobleman rather than the love-filled heart of the gardener? God gives us the free will to choose whether we will be the farmer or the nobleman. And just before I close, I'd like to read this from Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And in conclusion, one can only point to John 3.16, and this one verse in Scripture sums up why take up our cross and carry it for Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let us pray. We thank you, Almighty God and our Heavenly Father, for loving us, even to the point of death of your Son on the cross. Help us, Lord, to pick up our cross and remember who we are carrying it for. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.